Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do it. Talk Recorded live. Welcome everyone to our final LOA resource report of 2017 at Good Vibe University. I think we're ending on a high note, Ming. We're reviewing yes. Becoming Supernatural today by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I'm excited to chat with you about it. I know Guillaume's also here. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Hi, Jeanette. Hi, Ming. Hey, Guillaume. Really glad you could make it. Thank you. Yeah. So, Guillaume, did you, is this a book you've checked out yet? No, I haven't. I've, I've heard of Joe Dispenza, but not that book, but I've, I've heard of Joe, Joe Dispenza, yeah. You know, I was doing a client session this morning, and I walked into my library to look at a couple of book titles that I wanted to recommend, and I noticed I have both his um, You Are the Placebo and Breaking the, is it Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself or Break the Habit of Being Yourself. Um, I, he's probably written more than that, but this is going to be the third book that I have on the shelf. And for me, that's a little unusual, except maybe for Abraham. <laughs> I, have a, I have pretty much all the Abraham on my shelf. But I usually just have like one favorite from authors, but I'm keep this is another keeper in my book. What do you think, Ming? Oh, I love this book. This is a game changer. Game changing book for sure. You know, and I've got to be honest, I, I haven't even finished it, but I, I was even part way through chapter one and I feel it's magic taking hold. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna oversell this book. I don't want everyone to be like, Oh, oh I can't wait to read it. But I, and there's probably a variety of things. I just feel like something's happening to me. I just feel like I'm getting unlocked lately. Like things are opening up that weren't before. Ming, are you having a similar experience? I kind of get the impression you might be. Yes, absolutely. And it might be partly due to this book and just you know some other, other things stuff. that have been going on. Yeah. But yeah, I feel the same way. I just feel like yes, things are getting unlocked. Maybe we could have read anything. We could have read Dr. Seuss, and we'd been like, it's life changing. <laughs> Everyone's got to get a copy. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's awesome. Whatever it is, it's uh yeah. He gives a lot of um, vernacular to what we are experiencing. You know, the unknown and. Um, those genes that you can turn on and just all these kinds of things that I actually I don't think I really knew about. So it was, it was new stuff for me, which is great. I I agree, yeah. And, you know, look, I've read, was it Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself? He had a meditation in the second half of the book that I was like, no way am I doing that much work. By the time I'm done with this one, he may have me on board to attempt it, but I kind of doubt it. Matt, I see you dialed in. Are you unmuted? I wondered if you'd read this. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I haven't read this yet, but it's on my list, but I'm a huge Dispenza fan. Yeah. His work is awesome. Uh, Have you ever seen him in person? Has anyone dialed in, seen Joe in person? I have not. Some of my clients have, and they... It's like I turned my, my clients on to them, and they fell in love with them so much. They're following over the country, in Chicago, from Florida, yeah. et cetera. Like, I think he's very uh, – everything I've heard about his live events is, is awesome. Well, he does reference his workshops many times in the book, and they certainly sound 
very impactful. But mm-hmm. um, Ming, let's share a couple of thoughts about this. And I, I haven't read. As, Ming, did you finish it? I did. I have Ooh. so many pages go? of notes that <laughs> probably take up way too much of your time. <laughs> so, but there are, are, I don't know, I don't even know where to begin because there's so much juicy stuff. But, you know, he talks about epigenetics, right, which, which I've been playing with, and I didn't even know that was what it was called because I've been experiencing it myself, which is one thing is, you know, mm-hmm talks about the genes creating, it's not just the gene that creates the disease, but it's the environment, and then it's the external environment. And really, all the stuff that he starts talking about are thoughts, right? So the very first chapter, when he gives that, you know, story about Anna, I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just like riveted. I just, I was like, oh my gosh, this person who was going through this awful experience, right? Her her life was fine. And then one day she woke up and it wasn't so fine. And then it kind of kept getting worse, right? And as I kept... Yeah. Yeah, I'll just give a a quick rundown of that story. She was um she was I think a psychotherapist maybe, uh mother of two, married, and one day her husband jumped up a building and it she was traumatized by it and she she kept reliving it. Like she got trapped in the loop of negative thinking about feeling guilty right. that she didn't know she, um how bad off she was being mad that he didn't even say goodbye or write a note that she, she left her there to raise the kids and that, so she had a, a wide variety of negative emotions that she just kept looping through and i've got a couple of highlights from that section of the book where joe was telling the story um one of them was she couldn't think greater than how she constantly felt like she was and she was feeling really, really bad. So she was just stuck in this loop. It eventually started manifesting in negative physical ways for her, where one day she woke up literally paralyzed. She couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And it got worse from there. Diagnosed with cancer as well as some other stuff. Eventually she ran across a friend, uh, took her to an intro to the workshop. She went to the workshop. And uh, her experiences there transformed her life. And so she's a pretty strong testimony to what's possible when we start getting more deliberate about how we're focusing and he ming i i'm not as far well i I haven't finished it but i don't think i've seen him use the term law of attraction in here yet and yet that's totally what he's talking about right oh yeah i i think the whole thing is law of attraction yeah yeah yeah, i don't think he mentioned but he doesn't use it Mm -hmm. he's talking about thoughts right and you and i've been talking about thoughts and it's all thoughts i mean this is everything because here's the thing what was so interesting he says later on he said um for example if you wake up and you think where's my pain well then your pain's going to come right and that's Mm -hmm. literally a thought and when i read that i thought that was so profound because it's kind of like what it is exactly what we're thinking and it's kind of like when you wake up in the morning what is it that you're thinking and then I think her story was so compelling is because she kept things kind of get getting worse for her. And I thought to myself, wow, now that is powerful, right? Because she got caught stuck in that loop. And that's the thing he talks about is when we get up and we're thinking whatever we're thinking and we get our body, it becomes so that our body is just, just reacting, you know, and just going according to our thoughts. And that's why all, mm-hmm. so literally we do, we co-create. He does use the word co-create though. Mm. In the book, okay. in the book, I do remember that, and um, I, yeah, I I liked where um, with Anna he was talking about how he, he taught her 
he, he said, Anna learned that she could teach her body emotionally what her future would feel like ahead of the actual experience. So she, and this is the essence of Abraham's message. You basically have to start feeling better before you've got a reason to. But the truth is, we've all got a bazillion reasons to. And then he said, for a year, her, she, and she was doing the work. She was doing the meditations. And he says, for a year, her health didn't change very much, but she kept doing her meditations. Mm-hmm. I got to say, that, can you hear the, the deep breath it made me take? I know you've been doing the meditations, Ming, but I guarantee two hours a day is not something that's going to happen for a girl <laughs> who's lucky to get five on a regular basis. Yeah. But, but I don't know, feel he, lucky. Status. I don't know. Maybe he'll be a convert by the end of this. I don't know. Well, he does say in there when you just tune into, you know, those higher vibrational words, even five to ten minutes a day, it'll it'll cause a shift. Um, I think it's really on how maybe how big of a shift you want to create. I mean, if you were in Anna's situation, I'd, I'd be doing two hours of meditation. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but so so he does say, you know, there's different things, and I was really curious because I haven't done a meditation that was led by someone in years. I used to do the angel meditations. I used to do it, you know, whatever. But he had me so curious as to this meditation that I. It was $13, according to my Joe Dispenza fans up here in Washington. Mm-hmm. They said that's nothing. So, um, and so it was, they consider that very inexpensive. So I downloaded it, and I have to tell you, I was mid through the book because I was so curious. And when I did the meditation, I was like, whoa, this is kind of weird. I mean, it was is it, in his, is it his voice leading it? It's his, yes, it's his voice, okay. but it's not, it's not like focus on these happy things. I mean, it is powerful. I mean, the and I and it was nothing like I've ever done before, and it was 45 minutes, and I didn't expect that because there's a part in the meditation where it's just music, and then I read later on because then I went back and I go oh, I got to finish the book, and then he explains why it's 45 minutes, it's, it's and he puts the specific music in there, and it is his voice, and then um, but what's interesting is towards the end of it he asks you two very very powerful questions, and you get to put energy around this that you want to create something. Well, and it, it, okay. it was, I got to say, That's it, it the part cool. I thought I could get excited about because I was like, oh, if this is just a freaking meditation for two hours, no way. But then when I got to the part where I thought, okay, so what he's going to do is he's just, he's going to ask us to visualize. Like, like he's going to ask us to engage feeling. This reminded me a lot of Neville's work. Like, you, you know how Joe always says, don't get up from a meditation as the same person you were when you sat down. Like he wants right. you to get up as a person who is already having that experience or already lived it. Ooh, that was a cool story he told from his son too, who wanted a new job. <laughs> right. That was really right. Cool. right. <laughs> and how he wouldn't help him, even though he I wanted know. to because he's his dad. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, good luck. You'll figure it out. Yeah. But instead of giving him any money. That was but, really um, cool. You know, you know what, what else you know, motivated me to, to do the meditation is because he says this, if you do something new, you can have a new experience. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep creating the same experience. And if you do nothing, you get nothing. So I was thought, okay, yeah, I've been doing the same meditation every morning. It's my own little thing I do for myself. And I thought, mm, no, let's, let's push it a bit. You know, let's, let's, let's experience. I thought, yes, I do want to experience something new. And let me tell well, you, I, I did. <laughs> you got me pretty inspired before I got to the part where he was talking about the unknown, and you were mm-hmm. talking about that. And here's, here, I'll, t- I'll read an excerpt from Chapter 2, The Present Moment. 
he's talking about how your past becomes your future. And he says, you get caught in a loop where your thinking creates feeling and your feeling creates thinking. And you, and you just stay in the same, the whole same, like even if you manage to get a new job or a new partner, it's the whole same experience because you haven't changed anything. He says you've got to change who you're being. And he says that's overcoming your old identity, knowing yourself to be, you know, this gender, this age, with this job and this situation in life. And that's what you were talking about, right, Ming, when you got really inspired about making room for the unknown. Because when we yeah. know, remember my kombucha story, though, like I, I manifested that kombucha because I said, I know this vibration so well. Like I used the knowing to create something I, I was pretty proud of. But his, what I'm reading in here is you've got to get beyond what you know in order to allow for new possibilities. But he doesn't just say allow for new possibilities. He invites us to very like specifically create them, right? Like he invited his son. He said, what do you want in a new job? And his son said like six things. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's still very conscious, hands-on creation, not just, you know, get connected to source for two hours and try not to think any thoughts, right? Right, exactly. And I love this because, you know, if you do this work well and manage to call energy back to you, it might be a little uncomfortable at first, even a little chaotic, but get ready because certain areas of your life just might fall apart. But don't worry, that's supposed to happen because you're breaking the energetic bonds between yourself and your same past. Anything that is no longer in a vibrational match between you and your future is going to fall away. Let it. Don't try to put your old life back together because you're going to be way too busy with the new destiny you're calling to yourself. And he says later on, the only thing I can assure you of is this. The unknown has never let me down. So I've been playing with that unknown, right? Because I dog here at the same page, i got to say. Right? Because so so many people ask, oh, I start this in my life. Things are getting worse, not better. And that was a really good explanation of why that's good. And you've actually said that to me years ago. Once that, you know, things fell away, you said, well, it's not a vibrational match. See, so that is LOA. But, you know, and I was thinking about the unknown, and he's talking about it because I was really playing with it. And I thought, well, this is the ultimate of not being attached to the outcome. Because he's talking about if you're attached to all these possibilities, you're still limiting yourself. So if you let go, if you let go of everything, of who you are, who, you know, and that's the whole part of that unknown thing. And I thought, wow, this is pretty powerful stuff. If you, you know, and he says, if you get beyond your guilt, your suffering, your fear, your frustration, your resentment, your unworthiness, then you free your body from all that chaos of those emotions that keep you anchored in the past. Then you can liberate that energy that is coming now to you, right? And then he goes into the quantum field. So I noticed neither one of us are quoting like the science, but he's got he's got science behind all of this, including those emotions, like measuring the wavelengths and, yes. oh, the the things that his workshop participants were able to achieve in four days. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's got some really technical pieces in here that I think would be very satisfying to someone who wanted proof. So, but, oh, yeah. you know, the, to, to us, like, this is just, we already know this. This is just a, a really inspiring way to think about it. But for someone who just won't, would just shies away from a channeled entity, this could be a very, like you called it, a game changer at the top of the call. Yeah, yeah. the science is definitely there, which is awesome because, you know what, it's, it's cool to see the science with it for people that need to see the science. So, yeah, he puts a lot. There's, that's why the book is so long. He has graphs and he's got all kinds of things. And then later on, I don't know if you got to the part about we only use 1.5% of our DNA, and then he talks about how we can switch on those genes. And what's mm-hmm. interesting is that's what Janice was telling me the other day. Oh, yeah, Ming, you just need to get those switches turned on. And, and I was thinking, 
she must be saying the same thing. <laughs> a a uh, lot of energy workers talk about, yeah, popping those DNA codes. Or yeah, right? And so them. he says yeah. there's genes for unlimited genius, which made me laugh, actually. I thought, what would that feel like? Um, longevity, immortality, uncompromising will, the capacity to heal, having mystical experiences. What's interesting about the mystical experience, he's really into this because in the meditation, the second question that he asks you, it is all about creating a mystical experience. So the first question he's asking you in the meditation is what you want to create. I mean, literally it could be anything you want. And then he, he helps you, you know, spin the energy around it to create it. The second question is all about, you know, be, having a mystical experience. So he's, he's very much into creating that, those mystical experiences too, which is, which is cool, you know. You think um, so. I'm not. I don't want a mystical experience. I want a, <laughs> I want a physical manifestation. I don't well, need any mystical experiences. Well, that's the first. Well, you know, because I'm into all that fairy. I know you. Are. I want to see more of that stuff. <laughs> so I thought it was cool that he liked that. But um, well, he had a pretty cool one too that he shared too. That I'll probably be drawing on my own self and my just understanding of how you know time's an illusion and all possibilities exist and we could choose anyone. Like Nancy says in chat room, popping the quips. Yeah. Um, did you, so, did you love that love attack? That's one of my most, I got to share this with, yeah. for everybody, right? Because I love that. He's like, so what if instead of conditioning your body to the mind of fear and anxiety, you experience sustained, elevated emotions and condition your body to the mind of love and coherence? Instead of being afraid and dreading that a panic attack is going to happen, you get so excited and you look forward to the prospect of having an autonomic love attack. I love that. I just don't love that. She, she talks about this one woman who did, I guess, these meditations or whatever, and she literally one night, and she wasn't meditating. She was just literally walking through her house. She said all of a sudden she was just overcome by the feeling of love that she had to lay down and surrender to it because it was so powerful. And he's like, not a bad way to end your day, is it? So Wow. wow, wow, I, thought wow. That, I thought that was really cool. So you know, it was one of my favorites. I so being when you did you read his breaking the habit of being yourself? No, that's what's so funny. All these books oh, that okay. you're bringing up, it's like I've never read these books before. <laughs> so it, it's cool. I'm, I'm getting um, exposed to a lot of good stuff. Well, I I'm not alone. That a lot of people found the meditation he offered there to be. Way, is Brenda dialed in? I'm I'm trying to think that I think Brenda might have been. One who oh she just left chat. I thought Brenda had also found that to be overwhelming, so she like customized it to something that's more doable. Um, but I I will say that just from what I've read so far, he's making a strong case for why you should listen to him. <laughs> I might be convinced by the time I get to the end of this. You know, Jeanette, I thought the same thing. I I was thinking later on. I go, is this is he just saying all this so we're gonna because I. There seems to be no other way to get get here, <laughs> right? And I'm thinking there's got to be another way to get here. But I, I, I'm telling you, when I read the whole book, I was like, hmm, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we read next. But they, they do seem all kind of tied in together, you know, what we've been reading. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's – he talks about the walking meditation in Chapter 9, which I really liked because then it's not so where you got to sit in one place for 45 minutes because I have to – even for me – I've only done this meditation three times, and I've been reading this book for basically the month of December. 
So it is it's, it's even worth felt- spending time, isn't it? I didn't want to race through this one. Yeah. Like slow down and enjoy this. Yeah, there's a lot of good good stuff in it. I mean, a lot of good stuff to think about and to, you know, chew on and everything. Um, but, I, yeah, the walking I also, is really nice. I often skip a lot of the science. Um, I If it's someone that I, like, know and trust, I'm like, yeah, 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 you don't have to prove it to me. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to think that here, but then I thought, no, you know what, if you, just by looking at it, I was I was starting to feel it taking hold at a deeper level. And you, you might want to just look at a graph or two, girlfriend. <laughs> I did too, you know. I actually looked at some of the graphs and I looked at some of the pictures and I, I thought it was cool how when he's talking about how powerful we are as human beings and how we can impact one another. And that when you get to the end of the book, you realize that's actually his goal. In the beginning, in the middle of it, I, I kind of thought, okay, he's pushing his stuff because remember I wrote you about the mind movies and how it costs $197 and it's now it's $97. And I was like, eh. But, you know, but actually when you read through his entire book, at the end of the book, he starts talking about how we are on, we're going through an evolutionary jump. And he says, we're going through an initiation. And he says, after all, isn't an initiation a rite of passage from one level of consciousness to another? And isn't it designed to challenge the fabric of who we are so we can grow to a greater potential? And And he's talking about just bringing peace and love the entire planet and it's what many many healers and what many people are saying right now all these spiritual people mm-hmm. so, so this that was thoughts. cool and mm-hmm. he says maybe when we see remember and awaken to who we truly are human beings can move as a collective consciousness from a state of surviving into a state of thriving it is then we can emerge into our true nature and fully access our innate capacity as human beings which is to give to love to serve and to take care of one another and the earth so when I got to the end, I was like, okay, yes, this is, this is awesome. He, I do agree with, you know, what he's trying to say. And it's not just he's saying you have to meditate to get a better life. He is really spends a lot of time in the last chapters to actually show you why, you know, and, and the collective, you know, consciousness and all the stuff that we're, we're talking about these days. So that's um, what I really liked. It was... I, I thought of Abraham because, frankly, you know, for how long has Abraham just been all about meditating, this, that, and the other? Every question and answer is meditate. Or at least it seems that way. I, I haven't listened to a lot of new stuff lately because I just got tired of being told to meditate. And um, reading it here, I thought maybe between Abraham and Joe, maybe, maybe I'm going to make it there, but you could tell I just don't want to go. Um, so uh, I'm trying to keep up on chat room uh, conversation and not doing a very good job of it. But what it did also remind me of is both Neville talking about uh, just being willing to be it. You propel yourself into that reality or the results that you want. And from there, I felt a little bit of, of his work supported in Joe's material and also Mike Dooley's, you know, uh, the power of visualizing, seeing it with you know, specific results, put, put yourself in that picture. Ooh, Ming, wasn't that interesting about the study about oh, when they were visualizing the, was it for arm exercises? They had people, they had one, a control group that didn't do any visualizing. They had another mm-hmm. group that visualized as if they were watching a movie of themselves. And then they had another group that visualized 
as if they were in their body and they were, you know, watching it happen, like watching their arm flex right then and there. And it said that it it was a surprising result. The control group and one group didn't get any benefit, but it was the one that was not watching a movie of themselves, but actually being in their body mm-hmm. then that got the best results, right? Does mm-hmm. that sound familiar? Yeah, and then you remember the piano people, the ones that were playing the piano, yeah. and then there was a group that didn't play the piano, but they just thought about it, and their, the brainwaves were exactly the same as if they played the piano. They well, didn't I'd, even do anything. I'd heard that before, but I didn't, I didn't understand there was that big of a distinction between the way we visualize, like seeing yourself doing it versus um, being in your body as you're doing it, like you're looking at it from being in your body. Mm-hmm. There's probably studies that contradict those results, knowing researchers, someone's doing that. <laughs> but, but yeah, highly inspiring. The, what did you think about the breath part? Because that's not meditation. That's just breathing. So oh. I was curious as to your thoughts if you oh, got to that part. Well, that kind of leads to what I was going to ask you. I wanted to know what your meditation practice is after reading this book and also whether you would – are you playing with that breathing practice? You know, he um, – when you buy the 45-minute meditation, it comes with this, his breath thing. And I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's hard to do. Um, I, can't, I couldn't hold my breath that long. But he, and he's literally on there. He goes, well, come on. He's like, like a coach, I mean, a football coach or something. He's like, come on. He's cheering you on and doing this breath thing. And, I, and it's not very long. It's like six minutes, I think. And so I did it a couple of times, and and it, it, it's again and again he's talking about you're using your whole entire body because it's not just like a breathing like I do in yoga. I mean it's it's an intense breath, but you know when you're doing it, you're literally you cannot think about anything else but what you're trying to do. So I don't know if that's the point of it, which is which is interesting. I've tried it a couple of times, and um, it's it's he even Look. said he goes it's not easy to do. He goes, you won't get it the first time. He goes, but, you know, just keep trying. Eventually, he says, you can do it when you're, you know, just, I don't know, walking around or something. But I think the point is, is he's pull, what he's talking about is you're, you're pulling the energy all the way up through your, you know, your spine to the top of your head. And he goes, when you do that, I guess because that energy in the lower three centers, mm-hmm. he goes, that's. He's the point of it all is because I guess energy technically gets stuck there. And so he's talking about how powerful it is when you draw that energy from the lower three centers. And he said it's the same energy that you use for an orgasm to make a baby then digest a meal and to run from a predator. He goes, it all gets stuck there. So if you draw that up, he goes, you want, you want to bring that into your brain. And I was kind of like, whoa, you know. Hmm. So I didn't I, I, even like Abraham's breathing pattern in the vortexes, and that was just a little off. That irritated me. Am I just <laughs> so? Totally I don't know. You know, it's a, I don't know if that's. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm going to continue that or not. It, it's uh, makes makes me very curious, though. But um, hey, Brenda, he, in, uh, yeah. Oh, Nancy I wanted to bring in. your attention to what Brenda was sharing in chat. Um, oh, go ahead, Nancy. So is she and she's not dialed in, so she can't share. But um, so she confirmed that she did do for about three weeks the meditation from breaking the habit of being yourself. Mm. But she found that it was too long. It was 45 to 50 minutes, and it was too much instruction. She didn't feel like it was a true meditative state. And um, and then she said, for me, there was a whole lot wrong with that meditation. What really threw me 
into left field is that he would say something like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's what I said. It just kind of was like, whoa, you know. That's what I said. It's nothing like I've ever done in a meditation before. And I was kind of like, okay. uh." (laughs) Right. All right. And and listening to you guys, I keep thinking to myself, in a way, it sounds to me like he's pointing people toward – like pure awareness meditation where you let you Nancy you, what I thought of you in pure awareness multiple times reading this when he, as, yeah. he, as he would describe things I was like oh I wish Nancy still did those totally totally those because, I could do because when you do pure awareness meditation you drop into your body and the minute you drop into sensing the language centers of your brain turn off and you get to this place of peace very quickly and then mm-hmm. you basically are tapping into potential energy. Mm-hmm. And when the longer that you just allow yourself to sense and feel, the longer that quiet lasts. And it doesn't have to have a meaning. Like there isn't a um, quote-unquote purpose of doing it other than it feels good when you do it. You feel good when you do it. But but I, what I also hear you guys saying as you're talking about this book is he's talking about how in order to shift, you have to be willing to let go of who you are and right. explore and experience something different. Right. And, exactly. if you th- and if you think about it, the brain kind of keeps you stuck in thinking yes. who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? So the only way to get out of that is to get out of the brain. Yes. Yes, and that's the point of the meditations, right? And that's what pure awareness meditation does. And um, you know, it's interesting when I talk to people who are purist meditators, like they they're like they chant or they are TM meditators or whatever. They often scoff when I tell them about pure awareness meditation until they do it. It's so experiential. It's something you have to experience yourself. And until you do, you don't understand how powerful it is. And I could talk to you in blue in the face. It doesn't matter. Until you're willing to do it, you can't, you know. Mm -hmm. Words cannot express what it feels like. You have to experience it yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, something that, the you know, the mind wants to know before you try. And if the mind doesn't get, the answer at once, the mind says, oh, I'm not going to do that because I don't know what, what's going to happen. And right, that's just, and that's what that, he's talking about. He's uh-huh. pushing you into an unknown place and you have to be willing to let go. Exactly. And, and that's what I did. It, and I have to say, it's, it, it was it's definitely something I've never experienced before. I thought of you, Nancy, too, in this, this paragraph here when he writes, um, this is the zero-point field or the point of singularity of, of the quantum and omnipresent. We could call this the mind of God unity consciousness, source energy, or whatever nomenclature you want to use to define the self-organizing principle of the universe. This is a place where all potentials or possibility exists as a thought, the ultimate source of a loving intelligence and intelligent love that is observing all of this physical reality into form. When I read that, I thought of you for some reason. So um, I, it just seems like he's just saying, here's just a bunch of different different ways of, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? Right. When Dr. Kinslow, who um, is the guy that introduced me to pure awareness meditation, and I'm sure there's 
millions of teachers of this. He just happens to be one of them. But he goes into the quantum physics and he talks about implicate order being, you know, when you get to the least dense uh, level of matter. Um, and that's exactly what I hear Dr. Joe Dispenza talking about in what you just quoted, Ming, is mm-hmm. essentially implicate order. Implicate order is where you step into kind of nothingness, but mm-hmm. everything is, it, it, in a way, when you think about it, it's like how Abraham says everything is formed first in the non-physical, and then it comes into physical manifestation. And so that implicate order is that space or that place. And, I, and the mind has a hard time understanding it and coming up with words that make sense in relation to it, but that implicate order is that place of possibility where mm-hmm. anything is possible. And you have to kind of allow yourself to be there, and it's uncomfortable for the mind because the mm-hmm. mind wants order and answers. Mm-hmm. And frankly, the mind would like those those orders and answers up front, please. You know, and 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 you don't get it. You don't get, and when you do pure awareness, you don't necessarily get any answers. You might, you might be in a state of pure awareness and get answers, um, but a lot of times you're just there experiencing nothing, no thing. You're just yes. there experiencing the possibilities and the 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 place where anything is possible. Right. And the more and the more that you go there and you practice that and bring your body into that state, the more pleasurable it becomes. Like it literally almost feels addictive. Like when I first yes. started doing pure awareness, I, I I couldn't stop. I wanted to do it all the time and then now I'm at a place where I pull it up multiple times mm. throughout the day. That's just, that's what he said. He said when you get good at this, like you'll be able am I remembering right, Ming? You'll be standing uh-huh. in line at the bank. You'll be you know, ordering, like, just throughout the day, you won't have to, you'll be able to tap into it. Yep. Well, you can do it for a minute, you can do it for an hour, you can do it for as long as you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and this is exactly what Nancy said, too. He says, as we journey in consciousness from matter and get beyond ourselves, turning our attention inward towards the unified field, we cross the plane of visible light. We become nobody, no one, nothing, nowhere, in no time. It is in this realm that we experience an awareness of other dimensions, realities, and other possibilities. Since frequency carries information, there are infinite frequencies in the quantum. We can experience other planes and exist there. When I say you have to get beyond yourself, it means to forget about yourself. Take your attention off your personality, your past personal reality. It makes sense then to heal your body. You're going to have to get beyond your body to create something new in your life. You're going to have to forget about your old life. To change some problem in your external environment, you're going to have to get beyond your memory and the corresponding emotions related to that problem. See, that's exactly what you just said. <laughs> right. And, and you know, the thing, the thing that's interesting about pure awareness meditation is that um, uh, you, you might do it for a specific reason. Like maybe you have a, a – maybe like me, you weren't feeling well a couple weeks ago and you <laughs> were doing mm-hmm. pure awareness meditation to help feel better and you might and what happens is it's just so interesting you get to a point where you literally no longer feel your body even though you started out by sensing and feeling your body when you expand your energy out into the cosmos there you get to a place where you almost feel like i know this sounds bizarre but you almost feel like a field 
of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just a field of energy. Not a body, not a mind, not a personality, yes. but a field of energy. Yes, that's exactly what he's talking about. Exactly it's very that. profound. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the little bit that I did do, it was, well, I'm telling you, it's not anything I've ever experienced before. So that's pretty cool. You know, um, Jeanette, there's one part uh, towards the end where he talks about astronomy. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to pull in this. And I thought this was cool because he's talked about how astronomers and cosmologists talk about in a galactic alignment, which is a rare astronomical event which occurs every 12,960 years that brings the sun into alignment with the center of the Milky Way galaxy. That means that this new energy has the potential to influence human beings in either positive or negative ways, depending on our energy. So, for example, if you are feeling separation, living by survival emotions and enslaved to the hormones and chemicals of stress, your brain and heart are going to fire incoherently. This will cause your energy and awareness to become divided and out of balance, and that increase in energy from the sun is going to enhance that state of being. So he's talking about how the sun is doing this anyway, and it's like even, you know, on the planet, it's coming. So it's kind of like it's already here, so you kind of have to, you know, see what how it's hmm. going to impact your life, which I thought was very interesting. Wow, I agree, Ming. I agree. The whole book seems like it's it's worth giving some real attention to. I I I started to think I'm going to need a new highlighter because I was highlighting so many sections, <laughs> and and then I I highlighted a lot, but then there were some pages I thought, oh, you're going to want to come back to this when you're talking with clients, and I I was trying not to dog ear that much, and I have a significant number of pages dog eared, and again, it's not that he's really saying things we didn't already know, just that the way he set, he shares them and the reasons behind it are, I'm finding, pretty inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really excited to talk about this book with you guys, but just just to be able to talk about it, you know? And now, now it's got me actually lit up again. So I like what Nancy was sharing, how um, it is very, very similar. So I might, I might do that meditation again. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, Nancy's pure awareness meditations were really cool. So, um, okay, who else has been reading something fabulous to share about or something that you could tell us we can all skip? (laughs) We want to hear about it either way. (laughs) Hi. Oh, is that Matt? It's Matt. Yay! been in and out. Sorry, but uh, I didn't want to miss this. I'm just super excited. You guys are getting me really inspired to uh, read this, listen to it. It's one of the reasons I didn't get it yet, because I'm such an audible freak. I love to listen on my walks and hikes, and um, it wasn't available when it first came out. I haven't checked. Does anyone know if it's on Audible yet? I don't know. I'm going to have to check. Um, So it's really in line. It's so interesting, you know, when we're LOAing all over, we just see how it's just all so connected. And I listened, I don't know, I was really drawn to um, uh, Wayne Dyer's Wishes Fulfilled book. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. It's really cool. And it's really aligned with what you guys were talking about, you know, kind of uh, someone was reading the quote about how as we evolve as a human race, 
Wayne was saying the same thing in this book about how it's when we get in that alignment, you know, as we all know, Wayne, you know, is a big Abe fan and, you know, spent so much time with Esther and Jerry back in the day. And, and he's really, it seems like this book, I don't know how soon it was before he passed, but you can tell he's like, just trying to get it all out. Like, like he wants to make sure his messages are really refined and, and, you know, the really high level. And he goes into some deep stories and things that, you know, were, were interesting, but I think just when he's just kind of riffing on like his take on how to get into alignment is what I was really feeling most connected to. And he's just talking about manifesting. He's like, it's just, we get so wrapped up in how hard it is. If we just, we just stick to it and just be patient with ourselves, be self-loving as you go through the process. Then you're getting into that unified field of love you're getting into that you're becoming god as you do this as you become more in alignment with what your highest self is you are that you are being that it's not something you have to reach for it's something you just have to relax into and i just i loved it it was so cool because it felt very related to so many of the other things and he kind of dedicated um which i have to uh i you know i've done it before you that i give because you introduced me to neville many years ago and uh he kind of dedicated the book to neville and kind of said you know john of god neville and um the i am discourses were really like his inspirations for this book and i just i don't know it was really very connected for me it comes back to the i am that i am a lot and about how important those meditations were and i think it's james twyman is that his name the author of the like the yeah. moses code so he talks about that, his meditations, the I am that I am meditations and how important and kind of life-changing it was for him during his um, uh, going through the leukemia diagnosis and just kind of getting above and beyond this diagnosis that is supposed to be, you know, you're only supposed to last, a, you know, I guess a few months based on what was told to him by you know, the regular doctors. And then he's like, oh, that's great. It's information I wanted to have. And now I'm going to do what I'm going to do and kind of supersede all of that with, you know, the epigenetic work. Um, and so, yeah, if, if you guys like Wayne or, or that sounds interesting, I think it's a really, really good, good mm -hmm. piece. Right on. Thanks for that tip. Hey, Matt, have you read the I Am Discourses? I have not. I've listened to parts of it, um, but I haven't uh, gotten through the whole thing. Are you a fan? Uh, yeah, I'm a surprising fan. That's that was I could understand when you said Wayne crediting the I Am discourses as one of his inspirations for the book. I recognized mm -hmm. it as soon as you said that. I hadn't I hadn't known that it said that or I didn't remember. But I that was certainly um, that was certainly material that has lasted with me as well. I'd probably put it on my top five influences in conscious creation work. That's me juicy. too. Me too. It is fabulous. I love it. And I, uh, I also get. I've got a lot of listening and reading to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you reading next, Great. Matt? Have you got any any tips for us, or anyone else have well, any I'm, suggestions I'm for our next in, book? I'm a couple chapters away from finishing the the wishes fulfilled, but I just love it so far. Um, and then I think I think the next one I'm going to do is this is dispenses supernatural that's definitely going to go with next and then i think i'll have to work in the i am discourses as well um it's just uh you know sounds like we're all on this uh 
interesting uh, kind of path with, you know, the way these books, it just seems like the whole group of people that a lot of us have been following throughout the years, Greg Braden, et cetera, just like they're, they're really upping their game as they kind of deepen their practices and work. And it's just so well, awesome to kind of ride this Matt, wave with them, you know? Wouldn't you say the same thing of yourself? like upping your game. Don't you think that applies to you too? <laughs> yeah. I bet yeah, it's I happening it's, for all of us. It's, yeah. I, yeah. I heard you guys saying that right in the beginning. It, it's, there's something happening, right? There's been some, I don't know the details, uh, astrologically or, or what have you, but there's, there's just been a different energy available for me in the last few months. That's been really helpful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the LOA resource report. We cover more than books. And one of the things I'd been hearing was that uh, at the time of the solstice, there's more energy flowing to us. I, I, I've heard different people explain it differently, but I can sure that feels really true to me, um, especially this one where we had Saturn moving into, or the sun and Saturn moving into Capricorn at the same time that um, it things get elevated in especially around our work or our mission or purpose sort of stuff. So I was thinking, Matt, you won't be able to get another book before you're getting inspired to write one yourself. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. Yum, what are you reading? I've not read anything in quite a while, actually. (laughs) That does not sound like you. You You've usually got your hands on like three books at a time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, yeah. But surprisingly, I've not had that read a book in quite some time, actually. Um, I'm trying to think what else I have been plugged into myself. Uh, oh, mm, uh, someone recommended a book. I'm going to check it out before I mention it here. It may make it into my review for next month, but I'm going to check that out first. Ming, do you have anything on your docket? No, nope, I'm going to wait for you. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to go rogue again. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Uh, Nancy, what are you reading or what are you looking forward to next? Um, well, actually I've been busy trying to stay alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought I wouldn't be surprised if you said reading. <laughs> but I I I did find myself inspired. Um, there's two books that I already have in my bookshelf, but and I put it in chat. Um, one is The Kinslow System, Your Your Path to Proven Success in Health, Love, and Life um, by Dr. Kinslow. And I mentioned that, here's the irony, he, he does kind of diss LOA as being fluffy and impractical and silly and a waste of time. And yet, then he'll turn around and talk about essential aspects of LOA. And so to me, it's like I, I just kind of ignore the the dissing because I think that there's there are some people that when they think of LOA, they think of only the surface and they don't recognize that there are a lot of us who are practicing a deep spiritual um, practice with LOA, that it's not about material things only and Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's also a misconception that material that material things are separate from spiritual things. And my my work has brought me to see that, well, as Abraham says, everything is spirit. 
It's either in physical form or not, but either way, it's spirit. So I don't see the disconnect between material and and spirit the way that a lot of people who don't like LOA, um, they, they, they make a demarcation between the two. And so anyway, I just kind of, um, you know, Diss his dissing. I kind of ignore his dissing, but and and take the power of the material that's in the book. So for people that were interested in what I was talking about with um, the science behind pure awareness, um, I recommend that book. And then, um, as Jeanette already knows, I've been really, 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 really loving this book called The Eye of the Storm: Embracing Conflict, Creating Peace by Gary Simmons. And Gary Simmons is a, um, he's a unity minister, but he's also a martial arts, um, hmm. martial artist, and he's also into quantum physics. And he kind of brings it all together. And there's some, you know, uh, Buddhist um, uh, philosophy in there as well, along with biblical quotes and whatever. But it's, it's about how embracing um, contrast and being open to what contrast has to teach us can actually break us open to live a greater and better life than we would have had we not experienced the contrast. And whether it's contrast with another person or contrast we feel within ourselves, either way, it's, you know, he's, the book is all about how to embrace it and love it and appreciate it and bless it and, mm. let, and let it, you know, be powerful for you. So, yeah, that's it's a great book. Right up. Every content creator's alley, isn't it? I think so because I think really um, he's talking directly about not resisting life, mm-hmm. letting what letting whatever show up show up, and embracing and appreciating it as if it's a gift. And reminds um, me of your guest post for me. Invite your problems to stay. Yeah, That's probably yeah. My Which guest I, guest. and that that blog post wasn't even my material. It was I was just talking on a call about something Teal Swan had said and you said, Oh, would you write a blog post about it? So I just, you know, basically took what she had mentioned and but, you know, as you go through different material, especially Buddhist material, that's a really common message. You know, uh and there's even some um what do they call them, cones or uh Buddhist stories um, about, I know there's one in particular about a monk who was very revered and very respected and everyone, you know, thought he basically walked on water. They thought he was great. And then um, a girl in the village got pregnant and she she accused the monk of getting her pregnant. And he didn't fight it. He didn't um, disavow it. And so the village decided that when the baby was born, he was going to have to take care of the baby. So they gave him the baby. He took care of the baby. He didn't complain. He didn't find fault. And then a few years later, we find out that, oh, no, the the girl had gotten pregnant from a boy in the village, and the monk had nothing to do with it. And so the, the village came, and they took the child away from the monk, and the monk had become attached to the child through the course of caring for it. But he also gave up the child back to the mother where it was determined. In other words, he didn't fight anything that came along. Um, whether they put him on a pedestal or 
tore him down, whether they accused him of something he didn't do or not. He just he didn't fight anything that came his way. And I think that's a common, along a lot of different religions, that's a common um, concept. And, yeah, and so what I shared in that blog post is really just, you know, I'm restating so inspired it. by this book that's devoted to the same subject. Yeah, and this book is really, um, it's got, it's not a big book. It's pretty small. You could probably read the whole thing in a week if you wanted to, but the material is so deep that you might want to just take like a chapter a week or a chapter a month and kind of work with it because at the end of each chapter are really deep questions to kind of stop and get you to journal or even just to sit sit with a question and um, and be with it and notice what thoughts come up or what feelings come up or what um, realizations come to mind. And he calls that awarepy. And I've talked about it before on other calls, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really a fabulous book for um, conscious creators. Right on. Well, I'm putting it in my cart. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else have anything for our recording before we wrap before we wrap up for the year, well, we're having a scripting call tomorrow with Barbara. If anyone wants to celebrate how amazing 2018 was for them, we're doing that at 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on Barbara's line. But in the meantime, if no one has anything else, then, ooh, Nancy's got a cool appointment. Then, um, Ming, thank you once again for giving us a complete review of something. <laughs> so dependent on you this whole year you have come through to give us really fabulous material when I'm only a couple chapters in it seems so thank you for saving the day for us again and again and again um, we'll definitely share notes in the forum when we've got another book to review in January and in the meantime for joining us everyone and Happy New Year Happy New Year everybody Happy New Year, yeah. thank thank you. New Year. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.